Good Tuesday morning. It's time now for a community health update as we check in with the Milford COVID Volunteer Task Force. Milford Mayor Sean Strube, Infectious Disease Specialist Dr. Doug Mannion. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Hey, Happy New Year, George. Happy New Year, George. Happy New Year. And we took a little week off for the holidays and we're back with our update from Pike County and find out how the conditions are in and around the area. Milford Mayor Sean Strube, I have the understanding that tonight on this Tuesday evening, it's just so amazingly timely that we need this to happen right now and ask the doctor session. It is, but this ask the doctor session is actually ask the doctors because we not only have Dr. Doug Mannion, but we have doctors Tucker Woods and uh, Wendy Zychek joining us who are both clinicians who treat people with a COVID every day and they live here in Pike County. So the ask the doctor sessions on Zoom, uh, anyone can join them. Uh, they, a little brief presentation, and then it's Q&A, and anyone can ask questions, get all their questions answered. So that's our, our uh, effort uh, today. It is at 6 o'clock this evening. Anyone can get a link and register for the call by looking at the Milford COVID Volunteer Task Force Facebook page, or they can email protectpike at gmail.com, and we'll send them the link, protectpike at gmail.com. All right, so if you guys out there listening right now, you must have the link, all right, to participate in this evening's session. Anything else that they need to know about that, Sean? Uh, no, other than than understanding, you know, this pandemic has changed quickly since the beginning, and it's changed again in the last few weeks. And right now, we are at ex exceptionally, exceptionally high risk of COVID transmission right now. Uh, for many people who are vaccinated, it's not as much of a threat. Uh, but for others, you know, people are getting sick and people are dying and it's important for people to be informed. So six o'clock this evening, ask the doctors uh, we can send them the link by if they email us at protectpike at gmail.com. All right. Thank you, Sean. All right, Dr. Doug, it's been a couple weeks since we last spoke and uh, anybody following this knows that this has exploded. So where are we at locally, nationally with this right now? All right. Well, here's a here's a, a stunning stat for you, George. So yesterday there were over a million positive tests in the United States. One million. I'm sure that so, blew out of the water any previous day. It is. Yeah, it is far and away the most test positive in any day of the entire pandemic. And this is and you know, there's no reason to believe that's the peak. I think we're going to be sustainably above a million positive tests per day for the foreseeable future. Uh, hospitalizations are rising, you know, as one would expect, two to three weeks after the rising cases, you're seeing the rise in hospitalizations. You know, the biggest question now is how big a rise will we see in deaths? And it's not going to be as as bad as had, as previous because of the fact that people are, are a lot of people are vaccinated, uh, not enough people, but some people are also boosted. So there's some protection against death for those individuals. Uh, but there's still going to be an unacceptably high increase in death over the next you know, four to eight weeks because of the Omicron variant and, and you know, continued spread of the, of the Delta variant. So this is a hypercritical time. And, and you know, it's, I'm bringing back a, a phrase you may remember from the start of the pandemic about flattening the curve. You know, we have to flatten the curve. And, and why you need to do that is we need to make sure that vital services, not just medical services, but vital services like the police and the fire department, are functional because if everybody in your fire department is sick, uh, then there isn't going to be anyone to put out your fire, right? And people will die not just for medical reasons, they'll die for other reasons as well. So we have to do everything we can to try to protect 
uh, vital services over the next four to eight weeks. And the way to do that, it, it, it's, a, it's actually kind of too late for people who have not begun to get vaccinated to have immunity, adequate immunity over what we think is going to be the peak of Omicron, which is the next four to eight weeks, as I mentioned before. Even then, I think if you haven't started, you should start getting vaccinated. If you started getting vaccinated, finish your course. The CDC just um, reduced the timeline for getting the Pfizer booster from six to five months after your second dose. So if that makes you eligible, go out and get vaccinated right away. There's plenty of vaccine around. Uh, I wish there was plenty of testing around. There isn't, but there's plenty of vaccine around. Um, you asked the question about how we're doing in Pike County. So Pike County uh, looks like it has the lowest transmission rate of any of the adjoining counties, but it's completely spurious. It's purely because it's very, very difficult to get PCR tests uh, in Pike County. Uh, that a lot of people have access to antigen tests and they're using that instead. And there's no means in Pike County or in the state of Pennsylvania for people to report antigen positivity. So none of the people who know they have it through antigen testing are being counted in the Pike County totals. That would go the same uh, anywhere with people using that type of testing, correct? Correct. But the difference is, so for instance, in, in Sussex County, New Jersey, and Orange County, and, and Sullivan County, New York, there's ample testing availability because the states have, have, have made it widely available. Uh, and then even in, in adjoining Pocono counties where they have hospitals and you know they, they have more access to testing than, than we have here in Pike County that doesn't have a hospital, doesn't even have an urgent care. Gotcha. Uh, some folks I see posting on Facebook uh, talking about uh, monoclonal antibody therapy once uh, they have onset symptoms of COVID. How is this working? Yeah, so there's a lot of misinformation about the monoclonal antibodies. So monoclonal antibodies are basically man-made antibodies that mimic the antibodies that you would get through vaccination or through natural infection and immunity. Uh, and there's three different uh, ones that are available in the United States. But just to be clear, none of them are indicated for people who have severe disease. They are all only indicated for people at high risk of getting severe disease who don't have severe disease yet uh, and are hospitalized. And the, the availability of antibodies is very, very low. So I think a lot of people are saying, well, I don't need to get vaccinated because push comes to shove. I'll just get the monoclonals and it's going to save me. That is a completely aberrant way to think. Administered to a patient. How does one even go about this if they do this? If you can get access to it, uh, it's for people who have high degree, high risk, so immunosuppressed people, the elderly. If you have mild to moderate disease and are hospitalized, you would get this. This is an intravenous infusion uh, that they give. Uh, it, people who can't get intravenous infusion, at least one of the two monoclonal antibody combination therapies can be given as four subcutaneous doses. So these are basically injections under the skin over the course of a day. Uh, but basically, they need to be administered by physicians, uh, typically in a hospital setting. And, and and what we also know, by the way, is that um, of the three available uh, monoclonal antibody therapies in the U.S., two of them don't work against Omicron. Well, there you go. So you'd have to know whether you have Omicron or Delta before you'd even begin to do such thing. Correct. And the ability to detect, the, to figure that out is very, very low. So this is a big deal because people don't know if it's Omicron, they're wasting, you know, scant monoclonal antibody therapy resources where it isn't going to work. So what the CDC is recommending is that in areas where there's high Omicron transmission, that the two preparations that are known not to work against Omicron not be used. But there's been pushback because you don't know if they have Delta or Omicron. So there's a, a you know, a bit of a, of, uh, a gold rush 
in terms of states gaining access to these therapies to be able to help people, especially people who are not vaccinated. All right. Let me throw this one at you because these numbers are astounding. You mentioned the curve flattening. Don't we get to a point when everyone catches this and it has to go down? Uh, yeah. So if you look at South Africa and the UK, which were the first ones hit by Omicron, they've already come over the peak and are coming down. So the issue is not is not necessarily to try to keep the number of cases down. It is to spread them out such that you're not overwhelming the healthcare system. Yeah, these healthcare folks have been uh, under the gun for some 23 months. It's crazy. Yeah. It, and, and, you know, we're seeing schools are, are shutting down. They should be shutting down because it's unsafe to have in-person teaching. And, and Delaware Valley wisely on Sunday uh, created a, 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 a hybrid, a, a, Zoom, a, Zoom, yeah. a Zoom learning yeah. option for people who didn't feel that it was wise to send their kids into class, which is a lot of people. But, you know, the buses are still not working at full capacity because so many bus drivers are sick. And we had that in the news today. Schools can't yeah. function. Yeah. And, and lots of schools can't function because they don't have enough teachers that are that are well or they don't have enough people, you know, to to cook food for the cafeteria or to clean the, you know, to, to clean the, the classrooms because everybody's sick. Gotcha. Anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Uh, just again, for people, get vaccinated. Uh, if you're not feeling well, assume that you have this. Stay home. Uh, by the way, if you have it, um, you don't know you. So, from from if you come into contact with someone with it, you should isolate. But a negative test means nothing unless it's taken at least five days after you last came in contact with someone who has it. So, if you're sick, stay home. Uh, and follow CDC guidelines. If you have come into contact with someone who has it, stay home and, and at least for five days and at least until you're a test negative after day five. Gotcha. All right. And tonight, Ask the Doctor, or should we say Ask the Doctors? Again, Sean, how do we get that link for those who are listening that would like to be part of the Zoom session? Uh, they can find the link at the Milford COVID Volunteer Task Force Facebook page, or they can email uh, protectpike at gmail.com and we will send it to them also if people register whether they show up on the call or not they will afterward get a copy of the slide deck presented as well as a link to a recording of the call so registering is just a good way to make sure you have access to that to, to see it later on okay and if we want to help out the milford code volunteer task force again what do we do greaterpike.org scroll down to the milford covid relief fund tab and one can donate there, and we, we very much appreciate it. All right, gentlemen, thanks so much. Good to hear you again. We're back in here for our community health update. Brand new year. Hopefully uh, some things will change. Dr. Doug and Milford Mayor Sean Strube, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, George. Thank you, George. All right, thank you. Let's check out our Lake Region forecast for this Tuesday, January 4th.